0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us again on Smarter Building. Today, we are joined by Claire Orchard from Milton Keynes NHS Trust. Hi, Claire, and thank you for joining us.
1: Hello, you're welcome.
0: Um, so, I think I'll probably just dive right into um, the, the, the questioning, if that's okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into um, sort of the digital world and uh, within the NHS Trust?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so um, so my background is in IT engineering. So um, when I left college, I went straight into um, a trainee IT engineer's role within an NHS trust. So I started my career within the NHS um, many years ago. And I've kind of dipped in and out of the NHS um, uh, throughout my whole career. And I find myself back in it again right now. So I've been at Milton Keynes University Hospital for three years. Um, and I've got to say it's been you know uh, three of the most exciting years of my career so far because Milton Keynes University Hospital um, really does like technology and appreciates the value of technology as well so my role at the moment is head of digital innovation um, and I also work with the team at the trust who are responsible for planning um, and um, developing our new hospital program here as well so naturally my role is kind of um focused on all the technology through uh, through that uh, new hospital programme, but also thinking about what we do right now with technology and how we can use it differently into the future as well. So um, a lot of what I do is quite heavily um, building focused and smart building focused at the moment, hence our relationship with Symmetry.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much for a uh, detailed introduction. Um, I, I guess <laughs> um, from a technology point of view and a building point of view, um, we hear a lot about well, on this on this podcast about construction processes, um, is the NHS focus all about patient care, or is it um, more about the construction? What, what drives the um, technology adoption within the NHS? Oh, sorry, within. Uh, we'll yeah,
1: yeah. Well, within uh, MKUH, you know, of course, everything we do, um, you know, focuses on patient care and making sure patient care is the best it can be. And um, you know the experience for patients um, is absolutely um, superb as well. But of course, we, we think about our staff um, in, in the development of technology as well. You know, they are going to be the users of a lot of this technology. We've got to make sure that that fits with their um, use cases that they may have. And you know, a lot of staff at the at, at MKUH are clinical, but of course, we have lots of support staff as well. So. That is equally important. So if we're thinking about our uh, estates teams and IT teams and how they monitor and maintain buildings and all the equipment within the trust. You know that's a that's a key focus for us too. But it ultimately, um, you know, contributes towards patient care and excellent patient care at that as well. So it all comes back to patients.
0: Cool, thank you. And in terms of the technology you guys have adopted so far, um, can you talk us through that journey a little bit? I think. Um, well certainly we've we've known each other for a few years now and I think the the strides you've taken are, are quite um, progressive um, especially from an NHS side of things so it'd be good just to tell the story a little bit about why you started adopting more technology what drove that and and where you've got to really along the along the way Probably a lot of questions. Though.
1: So we're talk- I just, just need to clarify, we're talking about the construction and the building side technology or more widely. I have the construction
0: <laughs> and the building side to, to start <laughs> with.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, because at Milton Keynes we've been using technology for many years for lots of different things. But yeah, so um, our estates and facilities department, they do an amazing job um, and they they have um, lots and lots of tools at their disposal to, to help them do their job. And some of those t- tools are te- technical and digital tools. I think um, for MKUH, A big focus of ours over the next few years is going to be um, increasing the digital maturity across our estates and facilities uh, services. A lot lot of the technology we've put into the trust over the last decade has been through our patient record system, Um, but now we need to look at more, you know, the the tools that we're using to manage our building, um, and that, you know, how they're equally important because they do link into that patient record system, ultimately giving you more context around what is happening to that patient and where, um, and obviously joining the right people together as well. So from a communications point of view, um, it's essential that we um, we increase the maturity for uh, our estates and facilities teams um, so that they're able to communicate in an effective way. They need to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and at the moment, I think a lot of our tools are um, you know, quite man- manually focused um, and don't collect as much data about the building and where people are. So so that's naturally kind of made us question and investigate, you know, what could we do to make this part of our organisation more digital? Um, And that kind of I think the discussions we had at the beginning, Richard, with with Symmetry were around construction um, and you know collecting if in an ideal world if we were to build a new hospital and we had all the information about that building at our fingertips. Um, from day one, how would that help us? Um, you know, be more digitally mature and improve our services. Well, the, the, having the data and the up-to-date view of the building is one thing, but it's it's maintaining that view into the future and also applying the right logic to that data. You know, what what do we need that data for? Does it all need to be kept up to date? Um, you know, you could argue yes, it does, but actually, which which part of that building? building in a construction data world do we want to jump onto first and integrate into our services here to make sure that we're, um, you know, delivering value to um, our staff and our patients and not just sort of collecting data for data's sake or putting technology in for technology's sake. It really does need to be aligned to the workflows that our staff are working within here and and obviously how that affects our patients.
0: Okay. And the technology you have put in place so far, what are the solutions that you've you've implemented
1: so coming at this from a construction point of view we've obviously looked at our um, our construction processes here at the trust and what data that they collect and then obviously started thinking about where we put that data so we have implemented our own common data environment um, and we're starting to collect some structured data within that environment there so that we can then collect that understand that verify that's you know the, the data that we would need um, to to apply to other um, technology platforms out there. You know, it could be um, uh, computer-aided facilities management platforms or BMS uh, platforms as well, and start to build from the construction side out into the operational side. So so far, you know, we've we've made some great strides in, in developing our BIM strategy, um, so that we know uh, exactly, you know, what sort of data do we, do we want to collect. We have uh, an environment to put that within. And now we're on the, the the part of our journey where we, we need to find the right suppliers and the right products and the right people to, to work with to build um, a platform that can get the most out of that data and give us the best view of what's happening within our buildings um, from a real time point of view as well.
0: Okay. I think you've kind of avoided using the word digital twin too much, um, but it, <laughs> but it does sound as if you're headed along that journey, as well certainly as some people would know it. Is there an intention to create a digital twin, or are you avoiding using that word for? for
1: no, I'm not avoiding again. it at all. So so I'm conscious that our conversation is is kind of started on the construction side of of um, smart buildings. Um, So when when we first started on our journey um, to to investigate into what a smart hospital may look like, what a smart building is, we started at the construction side. But at the same time, we started another project um, that focused on the clinical side. So from a clinical point of view, what does a smart building look like? Um, I think the construction industry is trying to define that and has wrapped around the term digital twin um, in regards to the 3D modelling of buildings to give an accurate representation of what the building looks like. And I think that's important. But that doesn't really talk to the clinical side. It doesn't really say, you know, OK, this, this lovely 3D uh, version of a building and with all the information about what, what assets are within it and how well they're working. That, that's great from a facilities management point of view. But how does that then end up as a clinical benefit for patients? And how does that help our staff perform better in the environment and help our um, patients um, in an optimal way or care for our patients in an optimal way. So um, we, we have developed a digital twin here. Uh, and we've been using IoT technology to capture um, information such as occupancy within buildings, um, environmental features that uh, are being picked up within buildings as well. And we've overlaid that on top of um, an RFID uh, solutions that, that, that tracks where different um uh assets, medical equipment and people are within a building. And we've done that with a company called Healthian um, using their platform um which is called or their application called Empathic Building. So that's given us a lovely what we call a digital twin of our clinical environment and it's allowing us to understand how we work within that environment. Um, we have this set up in our cancer centre which is it has an oncology ward um, that features lots of single patient rooms and we know that's going to be um a design in buildings of hosp- new hospitals uh, going forward we're not going to have big open plan um, wards with you know maybe four to six beds in a room you're going to have your own room your own bed um because we know that's going to be more comfortable for patients but from a clinical staffing point of view that's quite you know um I don't want to use the term worrying but it's a completely new way of working you know you're going to go from being able to see a patient all the time to maybe not seeing a patient so much because they're behind a closed door so our digital twin is looking at that and thinking right how how can we provide the information about the building um, that allows staff to be able to integrate interact with patients um, in a safer way and in, in a way that reduces anxiety but also doesn't cut our staff off from patients as well because we don't want people to feel isolated within those single rooms. Um, and the sensors that we've put into that building and, you know, the, the view that we have, the understanding of, of what's happening from, from like a, a bird's eye view, um, it's been amazing to see how helpful that's been for staff within that ward because instantly they're not walking around looking for one another. They can see on a map very quickly where their colleague may be they can see on the map very quickly that the the medical equipment they're looking for is in a certain room. So rather than have to disturb a patient uh, or patients by going around looking for things, they can find it very, very quickly. So that kind of serves at um, the beginning of the clinical benefits of digital twins. What we want to do is now build that back towards the construction data that we would capture in the very beginning when we build a building and say, right, okay, we know, within a digital twin, this is really, really important for clinical staff and patients. How can we optimize this? And how can we start automating things in a safe way? And I think that will lead us back to the understanding that we absolutely need to have an up-to-date, as-built representation of the building all the time. If any of that data becomes outdated, you're not gonna make those, uh, you're not gonna be able to apply the AI, the machine learning, the automation sort of technology around the building to automate certain tasks, so for instance if um if if you if you have uh, an environment where you change maybe the uh, one room into two um, and the digital twin only reflects that as being one room and you want to make sure that a patient doesn 't enter or leave a certain uh, environment because it, that might be a safeguarding concern or you may want to make sure a certain piece of medical equipment doesn't leave a room. If you don't have the right information about the room you're going to make the wrong decision if something does move. So um, yes we do have a digital twin. I think some people would argue it, it isn't a true digital twin but it's it's the beginning of a digital twin and we're kind of discovering what's important to us so that we can add to that in a way that Maximizes the benefits to patients and staff as we're building it, not making assumptions um, and then realizing that the digital twin isn't performing how we would like it to
0: perform. Yeah, well, I've I think I've said multiple times on multiple podcasts and webinars and stuff that I don't actually believe there is a one size fits all digital twin and I don't think there ever will be so it's. You know, everybody will always say that it's not a true digital twin, but I don't think there is a true digital twin. So I think it's it's, it's fantastic that you're, you've defined a digital twin, and I think it should be what's important to you based on the outcomes you're trying to mm-hmm. achieve. There's no point having yeah. a... 100% technically correct, whatever that is, technically correct a digital twin that doesn't give you the outputs you want, so I think it's it's fantastic the, yeah. the stuff you're doing and I think everybody is at that experimental and, and feeling stage. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the technology adoption, you're saying you're working back towards construction, uh, do you hold contractors to account around what they say in terms of energy efficiency of buildings um, and um, how the building should operate post-handover? Because I know that's a big part of the bidding process, how sustainable, how energy Mm -hmm. efficient the the building would be. From what I've seen historically, nobody's been able to do that really because you can't get the data, so you just assume it's performing as it should be. But is that something you're interested in?
1: So absolutely, this this all starts way before you have that discussion with them. You know, this comes back to, to what we've done here at Milton Keynes in that we've defined our BIM strategy. You know, we've understood what the future may hold. Um, and, you know, we, we OK, we don't know exactly what a digital twin may look like or what we may want to use this data for in the future, but we know what's important to us right now. and We know that from other um, examples of technology, Um, adoption into the NHS you know there's there's a need to make sure that you have ownership of your data so that you can apply it to the products and services that you want to apply it to Um, so so Milton Keynes will be you know yes absolutely asking anyone that we work with to sign up to our vision and our ambition um, for uh, you know our, our own BIM process here and making sure that that they are held to account. You know, there's always going to be challenges. So, you know, we'll have our AIR and our EIR that will define how we would like our construction programme to be run. And there may well be challenges back to that. Okay, you know, you said this, but would we be able to do this instead? Well, let's sit down and have that discussion. It may be that we can come to um, an agreement that still gets us where we want to get to on our journey. Um, but what we can't what we can't do is just think about this as a nice-to-have feature within a construction programme and for it to suddenly be the first thing that gets costed out if things get, you know, expensive. It's it, To us, it's really, really important. Um, and I think we've made that very clear to everyone we've worked with. And so far, we've had some, you know, we've, we've worked with some great contractors, great um, partners, and we've had some great results.
0: On the flip side of that, is there anything you've tried that hasn't quite worked out um, or... Um, yeah is there, can you give us any lessons so learned from, from this <laughs> from this kind of process? Because as I say, I think for everybody it's a learning curve at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think get, get in there early and define your requirements very early on it's, it's, it's almost impossible to approach a building project that's halfway through um, and ask for this data to be collected. Um, I think there's always an opportunity to collect data if you, if you ask those questions. Um, at any point of a c- in construction program, but you're not going to get the result you you want unless you start right at the very beginning with a clear idea of what you're collecting and why. Um, so, you know, for us, when we started on our journey, we looked at our cancer centre, which was an already completed, you know, building. It was it was in use. We looked at the data that we we'd collected uh, through that construction um, pro- uh, program. Um, we weren't very involved in the BIM process at all and that showed us that we didn't get as much as we would have liked to out of the data. But obviously we didn't know the question. We weren't asking the right questions at the time. That wasn't something that we were looking into. Um, We have a building that is at stage five at the moment, our radiotherapy building here that is um, being constructed on site right now. and That has our strategy, our strategic objectives that we want um, through BIM, through the BIM process, applied to that construction programme. So we're already getting the drops of data at each stage into our common data environment and we're checking that and we're already seeing we've got a great, great wealth of information that we didn't have in past projects. So I think it's always valuable to go back to old uh, projects and be really critical of them and say, what could we have done better? When our radiotherapy building completes, we will go back and we will say, right, did our strategy work? What do we need to amend going forward in the next program that we have on site will be different. It absolutely will be different. Not because we necessarily got lots of things wrong, Although we will do, I'm sure, um, because technology changes as well. You know, there's going to be different different things that you can apply this data to in the future.
0: Yeah, that's true. So that's the sort of retrospective. Is there anybody who you look at and take inspiration from, either within the healthcare sector, or, as I know you guys are quite forefront on this side of things, in further afield in other in other sectors?
1: So the university um, sort of world. Uh, I think, are, are front runners for this sort of technology. Um, but, you know, if we're thinking about, um, you know, the data is one thing and collecting great data and um, managing your building with it is one thing, but the the advent of IoT technology and the sensors that are now available and how cheap and easy they, they are to source, um, I wouldn't say that there's one industry or one organisation that we look to for inspiration. I think... There's inspiration coming out of absolutely everywhere you know the technology that we have available at the moment coupled with cloud computing now and it's so so easy to access and then store lots of data um, it just opens your eyes to a, a huge huge um, list of possibilities that you can apply this technology to so for us we're constantly horizon scanning we're constantly open to to new ideas and testing those new ideas as well And i don't think there's Getting back to your question, I don't think there's just one um, example of someone doing it well, because, you know, like you were saying earlier, it's it's what's what's important to our trust, and that's going to differ from one NHS trust to another NHS trust, from one industry to another industry. So, um, yeah, I can't really answer that one, I guess. Okay. Well, everywhere, <laughs> I
0: guess. Is the answer. Everywhere. everywhere, there's inspiration yeah. everywhere. <laughs> um, in terms of the trust, there'll probably be, people from trusts watching this and a little bit jealous of Milton Keynes's sort of technology first approach how does how does a trust become a technology first trust or is, was there a strategy to that or have, have you just been lucky with some of the people involved
1: so I think a bit of everything I think um, I hope people aren't too jealous of us I think that I hope, I'd hope they'd be inspired by us um, I think there's technology out there to be tested um, and um, you know, I would encourage any NHS trust out there that feels feels that they can't or shouldn't to just get get involved in testing and, and um, evaluating some of this technology. You don't have to put it into a live environment straight away. There are ways that you can um, start very very small. That's something that we do here all the time. We think, okay, how can we test this in a safe environment in a smaller um, environment and get some immediate benefits out of that, and then. Those, those immediate learning learnings and benefits, they're the sorts of things that you can go to your board of directors with and start sharing and generating the next sort of layer of discussions. Okay, what if we took this technology here instead? Um, I think it's, it's about working with the right people externally, definitely making sure that you, you, you're um, working with great um, suppliers. I think if you've got suppliers that are out there, especially when it comes to IoT technology and some of the smart building Um, products that are being built if if there's anyone that says they have a package that's on the shelf ready to go and it it works I would be very sort of I would be um, questioning them to come and maybe sort of okay demonstrate how this works because I don't think this market has been um, developed far enough for anyone to say they've got all the answers and for that reason it's about working with lots of different suppliers and different people to understand what's out there but also having lots and lots of discussions internally about what people's challenges are today and then applying that technology wherever it may come from to those specific use cases. I, I just don't think we're at the point where we can go out and buy something off the shelf. And I think if NHS trusts are looking to buy things off the shelf, I think you're only going to be able to get what's in that box rather than make it stay, scalable and um, use, it, use it more widely. So I think that's something that we're very, very good at here at MKUH. Um, and again, and to have that honesty of, you know, let's try things out. Does it work? Does it not work? We don't know, but we're not going to be able to, to learn if we can't at least try and make some of those mistakes and, and grow and learn from it. Yeah, I
0: think, it's a, I think it's a great point. I think, from my experience, universities and within the UK, the NHS are, are great test beds for this technology. Um, and as mm-hmm. a tech provider... <clears throat> you want to have success there because if you get it right at one NHS trust or one university, there's a, a very big market for you to go at. So there's, I think you, your approach is very correct in getting people involved who want to understand what pains you have and what you can can achieve um, and what's possible because there's a lot of tech providers slightly scared of the NHS and you know, can, can we work with such a big organization that's run been running away historically and you know are they open to change and it's good to see that at least some trusts are willing to to give it a try and and, and work with the tech companies back the other way as well um mm-hmm. you also sort of on the mention of the universities and and uh, I, I i always feel that that's the best place to go and learn with this technology because you've got students who are probably doing degrees in all this kind of either computer sciences or mechanical engineering and things like that. So, again, yeah, I think it's a, a fantastic sort of test bed for, for this kind of tech. And in terms of, I don't know if you've looked at um, how this kind of technology has been adopted further afield. I mean, I've seen some stuff in Holland and some stuff in Italy and some stuff over in the US where it's all private so there's quite a lot of money available have you looked at any of those um what's going on there Or are you really focused on your staff your patients your needs
1: um, so we absolutely have looked further afield um we've talked to a few um hospitals in the us um and it was amazing you, know, you think about these hospitals as being um, private and having lots of money Um, and we were talking to a a hospital, don't quote me on the name, I would have forgotten it by now, But we were talking to a hospital that had a a new building that was about to be opened Um, and I was really excited to see this because I thought it was going to have all the bells and whistles on it, it's a private hospital, it's going to have everything and and even they told me when I started talking about, okay, automation of um, features within rooms, heating, lighting, blinds, those sorts of things, you know, have you implemented that And, and they said, well, we wanted to, but it was something that was—it was just taken out of scope. You know, it's something that's a nice to have. So, there's there's still a—I guess there's still a feeling that this technology, because it's not widespread yet, it's something that is a nice to have potentially. Um, and I think just because just because an organisation has a lot of finance at their disposal doesn't necessarily mean they they make those choices yet, because it is such a new technology is so new, um, you know, there's not that widespread understanding of the benefits. So we do look further afield. We do look within the NHS. I think if we were to just look within the NHS, we would only get, you know, one view and one answer. It's absolutely essential that we look further afield. We have lots of um, connections um, in Norway and Sweden um, as well uh, with, with new hospital buildings that are going up and the conversations although the healthcare systems are very different and some of the challenges are different a lot of the challenges are actually the same and a lot of the aspirations are the same so it is lovely to to keep an eye on what everyone else is doing
0: You've mentioned the cancer center a few times is that really where you've focused your efforts is it a start small and then expand out type process with this kind of tech mm,
1: yeah so the cancer center is um a separate building that we have here at MKUH, and it was completed in 2018. So we used to have all of our cancer services spread out around our hospital, which made it quite uncomfortable for patients having to move from one place to another. It's quite a long distance between the two. So we brought all of our cancer services together into one building. Um, It's a lovely building, brand new building built in 2018. Um, And it it mimics that uh, design that probably is going to exist within the new buildings that are being built Um, across the UK as part of the new hospital program in that they have single patient rooms, much bigger spaces as well. You know, the technology from um, a building systems point of views, you know, all been installed. It's reasonably um, new technology there as well, which makes, if we want to test the smart building um, products within a building, that felt like the most sensible place to go because one The technology was most up to date and two the design represents what we know is going to be used going forward into the future so that is our test bed here at um, mkuh but saying that we're not just focusing on that area there are other areas too especially in the older parts of our hospital where we're thinking about um, sustainability and having strategies to make sure our buildings are as you know kind as they can be to the environment it's much easier to be kind to the environment with a new building it's a lot harder with an older building. So some of our piloting is now focusing on the older parts where we install technology that can that can almost address the low-hanging fruits there. You know, if we knew who was occupying a space and when maybe they'd gone home, could we do something with the building management so that we're saving energy where we can? Um, And that's going to look completely different from the Cancer Centre to older parts of our building as well. We're not going to be Um, demolishing our hospital anytime soon this older building is going to be here for years to come Um, so it's important that we don't just lose sight of that we make sure that we're designing digital smart building um, solutions for both the old and the new estate so that we don't you know put one experience into one building and it's completely different somewhere else.
0: Yep 100% and uh, what's next for for you guys what's the next solution what's the next problem you're going to try and solve I guess?
1: oh gosh there's so many problems to solve isn't there always (laughs) um so i i think if we look too far in the future and try and solve the problems that we think may be happening too far in the future we're we're probably only going to be able to get so far um our strategy does look to to address the issues that we have right now and kind of start building on those and building them out i think the digital twin agenda smart building agenda is going to be you know, the most important thing for us here from a digital point of view over the next few years, alongside our, um, you know, our EPR programme that we have running to to make sure that we're implementing clinical uh, patient record systems that collect the right information. That's still going to be very important. But like I said earlier, the estate side um, here hasn't had a lot of attention for many years and we need to sort of start investing in that area to make sure that we're bringing that side of our business up to speed with the, the digital developments that we've, you know, the strides we've made forward from the clinical side over the few last few years as well.
0: I guess from a digital twin point of view, it's so easy to, well, not so easy, but it's quite easy to add layers to it. You know, you, you've you done the utilisation, mm-hmm. do you want to add the heating and then the, the carbon emissions and just building up a little bit at a time and, and focusing on a different challenge and analysing a different piece of data within that, within that model. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, the things that we the, the challenges we see today and we may predict are going to be there for the next two years. They could radically change. The pandemic is a great example of that. But, you know, from both sides, internally within our organisation, things are changing all the time. Externally, things are changing all the time. The best thing we can do right now is is learn to be agile um, and adaptable to that change. And the, the great thing about um All the technology that's being wrapped around the digital twin discussion is it's so accessible um, and easy to to start using so yeah it's really exciting so is there
0: a two five ten year plan or are you just as you say focusing on what you need to do now
1: so from a digital twin point of view do you think or or just more widely Um,
0: i think probably from a digital well both really i think you know i'm seeing shortening of people's long-term planning I think, the, as you mentioned, the pandemic. Yes, you're, you're right. the so, pandemic rocked everything. So I'm not there. always.
1: <laughs> I know I'm always unpopular because I like to I like to live in the here and now, and, and that would be wrong. You you need to you need to balance. You know, you need to have a a vision and a goal and a strategy uh, to support that, and that can't be too naive. That you know you can't plan things out uh, over the next few years. I think a lot of what we do is going to be linked to our new hospital program. That program will will. Put us on the right trajectory to building the right type of digital twin. I think if we were to start um, building a digital twin today without the understanding of what the new hospital is going to look like and how it's going to function, that that's not going to be the right thing to do. We really do need to make sure that our new hospital program is is guiding the way, is ensuring that we're building right. We're going to be um, okay. We're going to have our existing estate. here for many more years, but our new hospital really is our opportunity to to design a hospital, a smart hospital that addresses today's healthcare needs and can be agile and can link out to you know virtual care within the community as well. Whereas you know today we probably don't do as much as, as that as we would like. Um, so I think to answer your question, you know the, the new hospital program is going to be our our put us on our um, trajectory over the next two to five years to building our smart hospital and complementing that alongside our existing building too. I would to keep saying that because we love our existing building too. <laughs> Fantastic. I think
0: that's um, that's probably all we've got time for, but thank you very much for joining us. Um, massively insightful. I think everybody has a, a stake and an interest in what's going on and what's achievable within an H- NHS trust. So it's always good to hear you guys are progressing so aggressively um on this on this digital strategy um i'd like to thank everybody else for listening to the podcast don't forget to follow subscribe ensure you don't miss an episode of smart building um, and stay tuned for our next few podcasts um, where we'll be taking a look at um oculo and mentoring women in bim